Boardwalk Times Multiverse of Marvel is a podcast where we discuss the latest Marvel TV episodes as they are released on Disney+. This is your spoiler alert. Welcome to Living Loki, our official Loki After Show podcast. I'm Zach Perlstein, the editor-in-chief of the Boardwalk Times, and today I am joined by the co-host of Lights, Thunder, Action podcast and the co-host of Reckless Rebellion, Thomas Carter Rochester. TCR, welcome back. It's good to, 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 to be back. <laughs> I'm losing it. Was that a Victor Timely? impression that was that okay. was okay been, that's i've been working on it my whole life it, you've been working on it for the past 10 minutes probably you know because we're recording this right after <laughs> the release of episode yes. three of loki and man what an episode like like just I just kind of want to kick it off with our star ratings we do every week where we just kind of give a letterbox rating of mm. from one star to five stars. So for you, TCR, where does this episode kind of fall? And I know it's tough because it's like, yeah. it's so, it's, you know, it's so fresh. And yeah. I always usually take three rewatches before I have a, like, a, this is where it ranks. Cause I, I process things slowly sometimes. Sure. Um, it's it it's I think at its lowest it's a three and a half. Oh, but I'm okay. really but I'm I'm feeling like a four, four and a half area. Like that feels right. Um I enjoyed it a lot. I I've seen some people say that they don't enjoy timely as much the second time. I feel like I might enjoy him more seeing through the facade a little bit more. We got to a certain point and I went, Oh, he's a Loki, basically. Um and I enjoyed that. And it's like, oh, so if this is the version of He Who Remains that goes on, it makes sense because he's out here swindling mother frackers everywhere, talking swindling himself. Um, I can see why the, uh, you know, uh, he doesn't seem, he's so, what is the word? Unassuming. He's so unassuming yeah. that of course he would be the one to win and outsmart everybody. You don't have to be the biggest, the most powerful, the the, the strongest. You You do have to be the smartest to win in a multiversal war and seeing those that groundwork be laid here for i'm gonna go four and a half because i also see some very big kang uh from the comic things being sprinkled in our, our right under our noses like fairy dust for sure and i yeah I, i'm gonna go with a four i think we're gonna have to start getting to the decimal stars here soon so i can like start doing like a 4.3 a 4.2 you know, because it's like <laughs> I have so many of these episodes I have to do that I'm running out of star ratings to give. And just what an episode, in my opinion, because it really we kind of got we got the follow up from Quantumania with Victor Timely. But we also kind of continued the arc of Loki season three with the temporal loom basically unraveling. And you have Loki and Mobius are trying to track down both Renslayer and Miss Minutes. It leads them to 1893 during the World's Fair, and that was an incredible aesthetic, and I just absolutely loved the set pieces in this episode. I loved the World's Fair. Once uh, Once I saw the title of the episode, I was like, oh, so I was lied to about whether or not we get a Kang in this in the first four episodes because klein good old buddy old palo the <laughs> rebellion straight lied to my face and i'm so happy he did because i enjoyed the surprise 
Um, but once I saw the title, I was like, oh, baby, that's the World's Fair. Oh, baby. We're, I was like, no, nah, we're not going to get him, though. Like, right. We're just going to it's going to be the whole episode of trying to find him. And it turns out like he's in the first 15 minutes of this episode. And absolutely love that. But the uh, the 1890s vibe, man, I mean, they dropped H.H. H. Holmes right on top of us. Like, I don't know if you researched that psychopath. Whoa. Um, huge. I mean, the amount of people that are getting and killed at the 1893 World's Fair because of H.H. H. Holmes, it's insanity. Like, it's a large, scary number. H.H. Uh, H. Holmes and Kang have a lot in common. They like to put you in a box and slowly uh, shrink you down. I mean, him and Loki, too, I guess. Um, my favorite set piece, I got two. We'll talk about one later because I've noticed it the second time more than the first time. Uh, but the first is... The uh, the Norse exhibit, Thor, Odin, and Balder the freaking brave man. Yeah. Um, we've his name has been he was almost in multiverse of madness, excuse me. Um, and then he he never made it in. So I'm wondering if this is meant to be an Easter egg to his appearance in multiverse of madness before it got cut down. Because I know Michael Waldron is overseeing, I think, this episode. No, no, no. No, he wrote season one, and he's not writing season two, but I think he may have been involved in some areas. Yeah. Um, But uh, it's good to see my boy Thor uh, in anything. You know, he, a Bifrost showed up in a, in a trailer for the Marvels, so like, I'm holding out hope for a hero, <laughs> uh, for my hero. The Road of Thunder is beautiful. Um, one thing I do want to note, it has nothing to do with anything at all for Loki in the series, but they used his uh, love and, Thor Love and Thunder costume on that, uh, that oh. podium thingy. Really? Yeah. yeah. Wow. I saw someone pointed out on Twitter today, and I was like, uh, spoilers, you're going to show me what I didn't know. I was just like, did it use this Thor Love and Thunder costume? I was like, what is this? And I click it, and I'm like, I can't see this. And I click it again, and I go to another. I'm like, oh, this is from Loki. Oh, it says I should have read the tweet. It says it's from tonight. <laughs> but yeah, on the screen, it is definitely his Thor Love and Thunder costume down to the chainmail on the legs. Um, you could argue it's similar to his Dark World costume, but uh, it, the the specific design in the chest is uh, Love and Thunder. And I will always fight for Love and Thunder. I heard you last week, Zach. I was swinging a hammer. <laughs> <laughs> we okay. all talked about gore. <laughs> oh, yeah, the gore the god butchered theory that me and JRB yeah. came up with in yeah. our in our Loki episode two review that ended up becoming a overarching episode <laughs> about the Marvel Studios Disney Plus uh, TV overhaul. Yes, yeah, um, yeah. I I've been defending Thor: Love and Thunder a lot in the past couple of weeks to friends, and then I watched Endgame. Tuesday night to celebrate the death of Tony Stark to remember the death of Tony Stark in remembrance of, I suppose. And I'm watching it and I'm like, how does no one see where he goes in Thor Love and Thunder from this? I digress. Let's talk about Renslayer. <laughs> She's awesome. I, I like her. Renslayer. I, I like Renslayer. I'm good. Go on. I'm good. Go on the record. I, I, I like Renslayer. I hope she's in King Dynasty, if that's still the plan. Oh, man, I can't wait till we get to the end of this episode and I start dropping some theories on that. I love everything she did in this episode. I will argue that there was a point where she like went crazy. I would call it. She, yeah. Not. And I don't mean like, oh, she's a lady. She went crazy. No, like, no, no. She got I know pissed off. Yeah. And she was like, I'm done. And I was like, no, don't do that. You're, you're going to hurt my favorite character. My favorite villain. Please don't. I like him. 
uh, I shouldn't, but I do. <laughs> um, but she's just crushing it. Gugu uh, Mbathura. I think I said that right. Uh, she's crushing this uh, this role. I loved her in season one just because she brought a power to a character that just seemed like, eh, you know. And the more I read in on all the Kang stuff, uh, again, because I'd read it before, but I went back and reread. Oh man, she is crushing Ravonna Renslayer on so many different levels. Uh, it's like in a, it's definitely an original character, but they've laced in little nuggets of personality from the three main ones that we've seen in versions of the comics, um, interacting with Kang, and they all have one thing in common: absolute powerhouses. Do not mess with energy. Uh, f around and find out type stuff, and she's bringing that to the table every time she's on screen. She really is, and I'm very excited to see how our relationship develops with all the different Kang variants as this series goes on and as the multiverse saga continues because I just really enjoy her performance. I really think this episode made me interested to see more of this Kang storyline, and I was worried that I wasn't going to feel that way going into Loki season two, so Mm -hmm. it was nice to have that and also miss minutes what a performance in this episode miss minutes like that clock wow we could we could really break this down and i think we will a little bit more uh, at the end but i definitely just want to say cuckoo like a clock baby she was on one this week and i love the little ghost like change that she she changed into a ghost like the actual design of the clock was a ghost. Spooky, I love that. Yeah. So spooky. Sp- sp- spooky performance. Uh, I really just liked how she was animated in this episode. And obviously we'll get into more of that like later, but I just think just the certain gestures she would make with smiles or her eyes. And like, it was just, and this is just why animation is so powerful. Is because like you could just tell like with how they animate it, Miss Minutes, you could just tell exactly what was going on mm-hmm. in this clock's head, and I just think that's what made it so cool to watch some of these scenes. Yeah, she was there. There are certain scenes later. I sent a message to David, and I was like, "They're in love," and I was talking about two different characters, and his response was a clock, and I went, "Yeah, an angry clock," and then like it ended, and I went. Oh man, he was like he had to have been further along in the episode than I was, because <laughs> I was like, "Wow, that makes a lot more sense." What he he answered with, because yeah. I was just like, "I was like, yeah, I mean, the clock's in love with him, but like, she'll be fine. She's an AI." And then he, he gets to a point, and it's like, "Whoa, whoa, oh Some man!" Major bombshell reveals there, and oh, yeah, in Victor Timely himself, you know, coming from this branched timeline and i think that's the thing i really love that loki season two is doing is whenever we do enter a new location we see if it's on the sacred timeline or a branch timeline and i think that's a really cool way to differentiate like what we're about to see and like what characters we're about to see as well because i really think victor timely he's an interesting king variant because he has a lot of predestination like his whole story mm-hmm. was just like they threw that TVA guidebook into his room years ago, and yeah. then he just was set on this path. It was just all predetermined, like really 
just interesting stuff. Yes. And what I love about that is it's a play up on, if I'm not mistaken, it's a book called Timeless. It's a one one shot, one little graphic novel. And it's it's an old Kang that goes back in time to when he's a young young man tinkering, trying to become something of himself, stealing artifacts, trying to have a life in a perfect world that felt more real to him. And he, Kang takes him back and starts teaching him how to be a conqueror. And it's like a teenage Nathaniel Richards, which shout out, we'll never hear that name. It seems bummer. And he puts them on this entire loop of pain. And it turns him from uh, this kid who wants to kill Kang and never wants to be Kang and goes about trying to foil all Kangs into becoming the very actual Kang that takes him back in time. And like, there's a point where it's like, and now I remember why I did this and this and that. Ah, oh, I remember this scene. And then he'll cry and then he'll stab me and then blah, 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 blah. But I come prepared. It's like, it's insane. And I like, as soon as they dropped the book in there, I was like, that son of a bitch. He He's doing it. They're just pulling it right from the comics, throwing a book in there and be like, this is how you be a TVA guide guy. But also, here's your step one to becoming Kang the Conqueror. Learn about time travel. And I'm all in on that little nugget because it's beautiful. And I don't want to get too far ahead, but the way that he ends this, he's a swindler. So you can't really trust him. But also, like, he does have the ability to try and be different. Um, and if there's one thing I've learned from the Kang comics, they're never different. Unless, of course, it's Iron Lad. But that's because he's an actual teenager who goes back in time ahead of his time for the first time, I think is the best way to put that. <laughs> he's a teenager and he goes back in time to become Iron Lad, to be a hero, um, and apparently he doesn't become Kang in the future. It's complicated. I want to press you on Nathaniel Richards specifically because I feel like we have to be getting him at some point. Like if not now, like before King Dynasty, because I just I have to wonder who's going to be Earth 616. Who's the Earth 616 Kang? Like, who's that you know, variant going to be? Here's what's getting me. I am pretty sure I got, I, I want, I, I was kind of scanning the last time. Like, we, it ended and I turned it back on and started scanning. So I missed it. I thought this World's Fair was in the sacred timeline. Yeah. So, mathematically speaking, it has to be him. It has to be Victor Timely. And perhaps he is Nathaniel Richards. Perhaps he's already had a child. And instead of him being a great descendant of Reed Richards, it's the opposite. Reed Richards is a great descendant of Nathaniel Richards, which would be juicy to say the least. But I don't know if we are going to get Nathaniel Richards until after Fantastic Four comes in. Yeah. I don't think we get that name drop until then. Because by then, that name means, like, until then, excuse me, that name means nothing. 
True. Yeah. Nathaniel Richards has no stake in the game until Reed Richards proper in the MCU in 616. Excuse me. Until we get him in the 616. That name is just a name. Just another name. That's a good point. That's a good point. And I'm just curious. I'm just curious to see how that actually happens. I want to see who who ends up becoming the Kang that everyone fears. Like that's kind of the you know, who's going to win this next kind of war, this next multiversal war, essentially, between all those um, Kangs we saw in the Quantumania post credit scene. Yeah, that's and that's listen, you're living in my head right now because I have the same question on Victor Timely. I do want to mention I, I love the stutter. Um, I can't having watched it again and tried to scan through all of his scenes that stutter is a consistent thing i don't believe it is just a ploy of an unassuming uh, i'm not as 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 profound as everyone else and blah, blah 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 i think that's a genuine stutter he has yeah um which is intriguing as somebody who sometimes has a stutter very fun reminds me of dj from the last jedi uh, benicio del toro's character and I enjoy that difference, and he's crushing it. Um, Jonathan Majors is crushing this. I, he's played three very distinct versions of this character, and then he's done all the um, Council of Kangs, which just feel like they exist. Uh, there's no personality really in any of them. But these three characters, Victor Timely, He Who Remains, and Kang the Conqueror, all feel so different, but just enough alike in terms of their, I don't want to say focus, but like their determination, perhaps. And my second thing is after he swindles the Baron Robert, Robert Baron, I believe yeah, his name yeah. in the, on the thing, um, he's running around and he hides at an Egyptian is exhibit. So uh, big shout out to Ramatut, whom we saw in the Council of Kings um, and on the back of a sh- jacket in. Oh, my God, that show Moon Knight Moon Moon Knight. Tut, I see you. Um, I don't I don't know if they meant for that to be an Easter egg, but I really enjoyed it. And on top of that, my question is. Do you think that when Victor Timely leaves the TVA? I have a feel I get a feeling he's going to go hiding somewhere. I feel like it might be the Egyptian. Like he might go to Egypt and start his Ramatut era. What do you think? I think we can't rule that out. I'm I'm very apprehensive if he's going to actually get to leave the TVA, though. Mm. Because it seems like they could end up pulling a quick one on him and trapping him in the in the TVA, pulling uh, in in the CW TV show The Flash, they did that with Eobard Thrawn, or th- not Thrawn, Thawne. Nice. You know, I'm screwing up my my villains right now. Hey man, they're some of my favorite too. You know, Reverse Flash, just yeah. hire me, WB, hire me. I can yeah. go on an evil soliloquy if I need to. Yeah, he's yeah. So it's like that's what reminds me of. But I wouldn't yeah. rule out like if he does get to escape the TBA, he's not going to go back to Wisconsin. And also he's going to if he escapes the TVA, he's going to escape with some technology or yeah. some 
different, you know, he's going to be on his pathway to conquering if that's so it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see what what happens there. And I agree. And like what they end up deciding to do with this specific King variant. And speaking of like thinking or deciding what to do with specific King th- variants, I have to ask you, Sylvie, I kind of understand what she's doing, but also I'm co- I'm starting to get to a point where I'm like, can can her and Loki just, you know, get on the same page here? You know, like, I don't know, you know, I, I know that's probably impossible, but, like, I'm just <laughs> kind of struggling with this whole, you know, we're, we're trying to kill every king in the timeline because, like, we're creating even more and more chaos. And there's not, like, a clear, you know, end goal in sight. Yeah. Um, will she I th- okay, because I like stories, I think she will eventually see the side of Loki. Um, and I think that this episode is a big step for her, especially. She makes some very, very um growthful. We're gonna make it up, we're gonna make that a word, <laughs> very growthful decisions in terms of her emotional state. Um, she drops a big line of like, it's a weird obsession to have. And I'm starting to see it's not exactly healthy. And I'm like, wow, look at you. <laughs> yeah. Okay. You're starting to sound like a Loki after all, or at least like this Loki. Um, so I'm really a big fan of where she ends up at the end of this episode. But like, man, she's uh, she's on one for sure. And you can't kill all of them. Um, exactly. If they're. If there are infinite, you'll lose eventually. And it's it's just like, uh, pump the brakes, darling. I, I get it. I love it. I support it. <laughs> Defending timely and saying, please don't kill him. Like, we need him and blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, wow, this really is exactly like he who remains. Oh, my God. Victor Timely is now seeing past his death, essentially. So, like, here's how I viewed that scene. This is how I viewed it all. That Loki, the one from Endgame, was pulled out of the timeline. And instead of being pruned, it was written that he would not, or that maybe just that that mental attitude of Loki was at a point where he just needed to be shown one thing. And then he'd be like, wow, I, 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 I messed up. And he's utilized to help stop another Loki, which had to be pulled pulled out of the timeline and it just so happens to be sylvie and they just so happen to have this fight incredibly interesting how you know if it's all a circle and it all happens again then it seems like this is the most likely cause here uh would be he's already seen this happen and he knows who to pull out of a timeline after doing of course his big brain work so that we can get uh, back to the end of season one because it's all a time loop anyway. That makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense there. And really, I do think he knows a bit about his end and his future. Yeah, he's he's smarter than he looks. He's smarter than he acts, I should say. Um, he, yeah. And I enjoy how he's a uh, what did Loki call him? A uh, uh, a confidence 
something and i'm like oh that's clutch dude <laughs> uh so i had to look up luminary because i was like i know that but i don't think i know it the way he's using it and i was right uh he means that a person who inspires or influences others especially one prominent in a particular sphere and i looked at it in the archaic way which is a natural light giving body especially the soon sun or the moon so he's swindling people in short and i really enjoyed that aspect of it Renslayer and in and our buddy kang so they have a big deep history in the comics they yeah. are lovers in multiple timelines um including like archaic earth egyptian earth and then i think not again until like thousands and thousands and thousands of years after kang is born where the world is at an end and he's legitimately just it, it turns out that she's leading the resistance against kang conquering the world and he tries to get like always trying to get her to lo love him and it's it's ridiculous and so to see them together wow my goodness the chemistry, yeah. man I was like, that's when I text David and I was like, buddy, I was like, they're ship. I was like, oh, no, why would you say partnership? Don't say that. And he pulls the finger away and is like, I, I don't do partnerships. <laughs> yeah, but no, I thought Jonathan Majors and Gugu Mbatha-Ra had such great uh, chemistry in this episode and this is this is one of those aspects I'm excited to see really develop, whether it is in another Loki or if it's in another film project, because I kind of like this Renslayer and Kang love story dynamic. And I just really liked that we did a whole episode on this because I, and it's just like how this episode ended with the cliffhanger. And I really liked the cliffhanger. It really sets the stakes going forward yes i agree especially because she's she's like totally swooning i think's a good way yeah. to put it especially at the beginning when he's like i know more than you pause dramatically might think and uh she's like oh you're such a dork and <laughs> he they continue on and he's totally smitten by her why wouldn't you be she's gorgeous honey goodness gracious um and as soon as they hit partnership he's like oh dear i can't do this and of course miss minutes over there needling him like hey, i gotta drop her off the side of a ship man <laughs> um and so we get to that in that in scene and it's like man but because of that being dropped off a ship she's just freaking livid which is exciting she looks disheveled uh the only thing we saw of her in the trailer was from her holding the proto sticky thing um proto pruner yeah there it is so uh that was really cool to see and she is ready to kill him just like she was up. yeah she was ready to end it talk down by mobius a little bit and loki's just there which this this, this show is called loki and i totally forgot he was in this episode at times um but when he was, he seemed to make a big deal. Like he was green. He was just force using everything around, <laughs> um, having some having some good old fun. Um, but I really want to talk about the love triangle because I noticed it on the boat 
And yes. I was like, oh, this little clock is smitten with Mr. Time. was getting jealous. And that's what I mean. Like the animation style, you could tell like when Timely starts smitten with Renslayer, the clock, mm-hmm. you know, Miss Minutes, like the eyes and the mouth, everything just changed. She was like, she was third wheeling, like third mm. clocking, you know, just <laughs> she was not. Man, she's like he who remains. And it's like, that is like some love talk right there. And then in this season, so far, she's been in this one episode and the way that she talks and as soon as he shows up, he's like, you are singular. And she's like, thank you. You are, too. Or at least you will be. And it's like, that is some sultriness from Tara Strong right there. She's crushing this. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, That's why they got her. She can bring the heat on the voice. So really enjoyed watching that and then she goes crazy too but she goes crazy first she is just like why won't you give me a body i need you to give me a body and all this and blah 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 and i was this and we were at the end of time and i was basically your partner and he's just like this is a lot of information bro like i am not feeling this whole energy from you clock lady and choice and ability to rewrite my programming and it's like you literally let her write love into her code. That's the craziest part. Yeah. That's some that's the creator right there popping in. Like, what a great movie that was. Yeah. Like that's, that's all that one. Yep. That's that's what I got vibes of right there. And I was like, dang. And then I got like there's another movie where the, where the AI went crazy and was just like a little bit on the uh uh, you don't love me? Well, I'll kill you instead. Then uh, energy. <laughs> I I can't think of what I, is it. I robot. It is I robot. Wow, throwback. So like she went from one to the other real fast, and he got rid of her, and that's when it all blows up. So at the end, you have two ladies. Yeah. One is flesh and blood, and the other is an AI programming that wrote love into her code. And uh, shout out. Sylvie kicking Renslayer through the, the time thing just pops up and uh, you know it's all about power and it's like I know some pretty interesting secrets about you and I, well, I'll tell you about them but it's gonna make you really mad heck of a cliffhanger when you think yeah. about it because oh, yeah. when you think about it it's like uh, Timely's now going to the TVA we have a Kang variant in the TVA and then we end this episode with Miss Minutes basically telling Renslayer, hey, I know a secret. It's going to make you really upset. And that's why I think this is like the best kind of ending of the season so far, because I'm like, oh, I really want to see next week's episode now. You know, I'm like, I'm like really jonesing to find out what this is. So I have to ask, what do you think this is going to end up being? What do you think Miss Minutes is going to reveal to Renslayer? Okay. I've had a lot of theories and it's only it's been less than an hour since this episode ended. One, Renslayer's been pulled out of time at a bunch of different times and has been pruned when he when she doesn't follow what Kang wants because that's insanity. Number two, she was pulled out of time because Kang saw that she was married and in love and had kids and a family and was happy and she wasn't going to break the timeline. It wasn't going to do anything. No branches were going to be made, but he couldn't live with her being with someone else and pulled her out. My third one, because I forgot the third one, so my fourth one is now my third one. <laughs> Miss Minutes 
personality is based on Ravona Renslayer. Yeah, that's because oh, they have man. a lot of similarities, you know. They they have a just enough similarities, and it's interesting, especially the it's how they both look at him. It's not just like, oh, love and smittenness, and like I like this guy. It's you just feel the exact same energy, like it's the same character at times. And Miss Minutes is always there, like dangling stuff in front of people. And so is Ravona Renslayer as a judge. And I just think that, it, you know, she's like, oh, you made me. I was just a simple AI and this and that and this and that. But she was able to rewrite her own code, right? Well, exactly. If Kang loves Ravona Renslayer, and historically speaking, it always has been, she took her personality just so that he might love her but never gave her the body. It's 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 kind of mind-blowing because I think the whole, like, why he hasn't given her a body will be explored even further. Like, mm. why did he pick a clock? You know, did he just know he didn't want to create an AI version of Ramona Renslayer? Like, I wonder if there was, like, some implication, like, even Kang foresaw an issue being there, like, of it not being quote-unquote real. Yes. Uh, or did he try it and it failed and so he had to put her back in the box if you want what a what a Battlestar Galactica reference right there man <laughs> subtle but works to give her physical prowess like Ravona Renslayer with a proto pruner dangerous there I feel like he did something with AI and Ravona Renslayer in the comics at some point and like I know he went good to make her love him, and then as soon as it happened, she like takes a bullet for him and dies. So wow. he puts her on ice. This was a heck of an episode. That love triangle was fascinating. Miss Minutes, her motives are fascinating. I personally can't wait till King Dynasty and we get to see everyone beat the crap out of the clock. I think that's gonna happen. I think Doctor Strange is going to mess with Miss Minutes. I think I think we're going to see a lot of people throw some punches at that clock. I really do. I think it's going to be ooh, it's going to be a fight. Yeah, um cuz at this moment in time, Miss Minutes might be the most powerful being in that universe. She knows it all. So it's going to be very interesting to see how it happens. And it, what I find the most intriguing is that he who remains needed this information dropped off to this little kid that becomes Victor Timely, at least, with the same temporal aura. And it's I'm, I'm intrigued to see if this is like this is where he started originally every time in the 1800s with big ideas. And then somebody just drops in a little nugget. But but it's chicken or the egg situation. Yeah. What came first, right? Yeah. So it's a loop. It's a loop. And I'm I'm thinking that because of what's happened, this version of Victor Timely is going to become a different version of a king, if you will. But it's gonna be really, really interesting. If he, I don't know, man, it's the tough thing is like, it's all a loop. So is he about to become he who remains like he's he who remains from the very start? Or is it because remember, he who remains 
saved his universe, which is 616. So, okay, yeah. If he's in the sacred timeline, that's his universe. So, perhaps this universe always started in the 1800s with Victor Timely. And then in others, they started at a different point in time because time's a flat circle. Uh, it hurts my brain a little bit. It, it definitely does. I think Loki and the whole multiverse saga does hurt your brain a bit more because it's harder to digest um, at a fuller scale. You know, it's much easier um, doing predictions for street level stuff like, oh, mayor kingpin and all that like because it's like more grounded where this multiverse stuff there's so many angles so many different scenarios and possibilities and consequences that i think it's hard like to determine theories even like as we were talking here about like 616 kang and all that it's just hard to even determine your own theories sometimes it is. I just got sent something on Twitter. You ready to hear a crazy theory that's going to blow some yep. big brains? Yep. Uh, this is a Blue Ray Angel on the Twitter. Someone sent it to me. Anyone else get the feeling Ravona Renslayer is a Kang variant the same way Sylvie is a Loki variant? Whoa, 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 whoa. Whoa. Yeah, right? Because here's the thing. I was kind of getting that vibe. I'm like, she's going to not so much that vibe, but she I'm like, she's going to take over and she's going to be the one to start a war. I mean, and maybe that's why she was pulled out of the timeline. I, I buy it. I mean, if, if this theory is a stock, I'm buying it. Yeah. For two reasons. One, I like the theory. And then two, because of outside circumstances right now, this could be the pivot. Yeah. It could if you be. think about it, it could be the pivot of, you know, it becomes Miss Minutes and Renslayer as the big bads. I don't know if people would like that, but I, yeah. you know, Renslayer becoming a Kang variant, you know, would definitely solve some different uh, problems at hand. But from just a theory, her being like kind of his being the sylvie to the loki brilliant great yeah. theory yeah i i'm a fan i whether she is or not i definitely think she could become the hero of this universe and become she who remains uh as opposed to he who remains because perhaps the best way to break the cycle is to end all kanks in all times that that hey that would work I think that might be the way. I think that's how Kane Dynasty will have to end or Secret Wars. I mean, yeah. I mean, something's going to have to occur, you know, because Whoa. it's such an infinite villain. Oh boy. Okay. You, you got something. I'm having one. I, yep. I got it. Yep. Kang, the Kang Dynasty ends with the end of the Kang Dynasty. Ravona Renslayer takes over, kills them, kills a lot of them. And starts the secret wars, the multiversal wars, and everyone's going to battle. And then she's the Victor Von Doom slash the, don't remember the name of the guy that started the 1984 secret wars. But Beyonder? The Beyonder, yeah. She's yeah. like the instigator of all of this because she knows the best way to win is to take it out of her and her hands to battle them and bring in her own team to take on the squad of the remaining Kangs. And that there is 
is my long-term punt theory. And uh, the thing that excites me the most about this theory is, is somebody who has seen four episodes answered with the zipper emoji. Oh, okay. You're on to something. And now my eyes are my, my emoji is just Miss Minute's eyes like, oh, what is happening? You're on to something. And TCR, this has been fantastic going over Loki episode three. We've been breaking it all down. Miss Minute's love triangle, Renslayer, a lot going on. And before we hit our variant of the week, which is basically us picking our MVP of the episode. I just want to let everyone who's listening to this podcast know uh, to go visit BoardwalkTimes.store for the greatest merch in the multiverse and that we will have our very own Loki design coming very soon. Mm. And I'm very pumped for that. But now we can, you know, get into our variant of the week, which we haven't had a lot of variants per se, but I've been just using this segment as a kind of a cap off to the podcast and using it for us to pick our mvps so i mean tcr who's your mvp for episode three it's really hard not to pick victor timely um i i kind of want to there's a lot of stuff going on here it's really for me it's between miss minutes or victor timely but i'm gonna go timely because i enjoy the variants if you will uh between the guy who has it all who understands what he's doing he's swindling people as necessary but not so much swindling as he doesn't have the technology to make his inventions work as he says many times to where he knows all and knows exactly what he's doing and things are good to like oh i'm outnumbered i'm outmatched these people have powers they have time travel they're talking about wizardry and all of this stuff and the nuance between the two is subtle uh and i enjoy that a lot and without him in this episode like there's no need for this episode like he is the MacGuffin, the crux and he stands out with another fantastic performance um from majors another fantastic performance by majors here and I did like how this variant was different from what we have previously seen from He Who Remains and then obviously Kang from Quantumania. So obviously good choice because this episode wouldn't have worked without him. But I am going to go in a similar route for my MVP, but I'm going to just go with, you know, I wanted to kind of pick Miss Minutes, but I'm going to go with Renslayer here. Just because I think we haven't seen the best of Miss Minutes yet. I think Miss Minutes, Miss Minutes, I think, is going to be in her bag in episode four. You know, I think she's going to be going crazy. I think we're going to get like some crazy monologue from her. So I'm going Renslayer for this episode. I think she was just very magnetic in this episode. Just very fun to watch. Mm -hmm. A lot of her decision making was also cool to follow. Like even when she said the word partnership, I was like, ooh, wrong choice. Like, you know, it was just exciting to watch her just try to work with Victor Timely. And I'm excited to see if she ends up being a King variant or if she is King's lover or like what. Mm -hmm. What does what's in store for the MCU Renslayer? Because there's honestly, it's like we just see multiple timelines right now. 
like mm-hmm. in my head, multiple different scenarios could be like, as I just told you, I could see her potentially being the jail out of free card if outside circumstances affect majors. So, yeah. but for this episode specifically, I'm going with Renslayer. So, you know, hey, Loki episode three is the MVPs are not Loki, not Sylvie, not Mobius. Different, different this episode. And I love that. We got to keep it. Got to keep it different. Got to keep it fresh. And um, first appearance for both of these characters this entire season. So like it it fits. It really does. It really fits. And just it felt fresh, felt like an episode of TV, too. So I, I really appreciate that. Yes, Loki season two is is crushing the the television vibe from week to week, um, which I guess Ahsoka is the closest thing we've had in a while for, for that kind of energy. It feels like in tell me if I'm wrong, TCR, I feel like Disney Plus moved Ahsoka and Loki to Thursday nights and all of a sudden things just got better. I can't explain it. It's just like things turned the corner. I don't know if it's just, you know, a trick in our minds or like, you know, or if that was just the kind of the omen that things were going to get better. Like it just to me, the Thursday nights have been great for this stuff. Yeah, I agree. Um, Once they announced that, I was like, OK, maybe it's because of this, what the quality or maybe this is their this is the future because the, the past is the future. It's happened before. It's going to happen again. They're bringing back the the primetime release um, so everyone can enjoy it and talk about it. And they can spend the next day at the water cooler, as they as they said. Uh, just talking about it, you know, and uh, I'm happy that I get to finally talk about this show with you because I've just been listening to everyone talk about it. And I find it in, I- I'm so lucky that it's an episode that made me just go, ha, ah, <laughs> let's go. Uh, where others, I'm like, hmm, I have questions. Like, that was good. Okay. Like, I loved episode one. Episode two, just like, I was like, I'm satisfied with this episode. Sure. I have ideas. But like this episode left me with, okay, now we're in the web of the the big brains. We're at the halfway point. We're like no turning <laughs> back now. It's like we're oh yeah, we're in the home yeah. stretch actually because it's such short short seasons. Wow, I yeah, huh? Yeah, I got three more episodes to record. After that this. is three more Thursdays. That's fast, freaking fast, like Jimmy John's. It is. In TCR, it's been fabulous to talk to you. And obviously, you'll be back on this pod here soon. But for everyone listening, where can they follow you on social media? And where can they listen to you on perhaps like other podcasts? Yes, you can follow me on social media at TC Rochester, at T-C-R-O-C-H-E-S-T-E-R-A-C-T. And you can hear me every week over at the Reckless Rebellion talking all things Star Wars and a galaxy far, far away. Time of recording, we recorded Reckless earlier this evening before Loki. Um, so it's been a long day of talkie-talkie. Um, we did uh, Star Wars conversation starters. So those are Ooh. fun. Yeah, yeah. It's a nice little fun pack from um, Kelly Knox. She made it with another company. So highly recommend them uh and uh, we just we just have been having some fun figuring out what we're going to do next now that ahsoka is over and you can also hear me on the rare occasions that we do uh light thunder action special events uh 
with JRB, who was here last week. So shout out to my buddy. It was so good to hear his voice last week. Thanks for having him on. <laughs> I uh, love having you both on. Yes, and uh, we're we're debating doing a postseason Loki wrap up. Ooh. Um, so that'll be interesting because he and I haven't spoken in a while because our schedules are the exact opposite. Man. Um, so you can hear us over there, and we always appreciate you just hopping in, listening, and thank you for listening to this podcast, dear beautiful listener driving in your car right now. Oh, look, there's another squirrel. Don't look at it. Keep <laughs> driving. Eyes on the road, kid. Uh, Zach, thanks for having me on, man. I always enjoy coming on and chatting some marvel with you big guy yeah anytime i love having you on tcr it's always always a blast always a blast yeah today's today you get zany thomas because it's been like an 18 hour day at this point from wake up so <laughs> I, I it's all good i'll i'll take i'll take any variant of thomas on this pod any <laughs> any you know you always bring it man well, i and, appreciate that man yeah and we are back for another season. Your support means the world. And if you're listening to this pod and you enjoy it, please share it with a few friends as it really helps us out. And Multiverse of Marvel has more episodes on the way for 2023. We have some exciting bonus episodes in the works that include previews, rankings, drafts, deep dives, and more. We also have a special episode coming up for the Marvels. For more Marvel content, head over to BoardwalkTimes.net or follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at BoardwalkTimes. And if you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, please subscribe and leave us a five-star review.